We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You guys have heard me talk about Red Door Grill for almost a year now on 610 Sports Radio, and they're the proud sponsor of the Bobcast. And I'll tell you what, I'm a proud eater at Red Door Grill. In fact, my family and I love going to Red Door Grill, not just on Mondays for burgers or Thursdays for fried chicken, but just about every single day of the week. Because every time we walk into a Red Door Grill location, we're walking out of there feeling satisfied, feeling great, and knowing we got some of the best food in Kansas City. $5 burgers on Monday is where the week starts. You're not going to find a better deal than that. The best burger in town for just $5. You want some fries, it'll cost you a buck more. And then on Thursday, we have the jalapeno dipped fried chicken. That fried chicken starts marinating on Monday. It marinates on Tuesday. It marinates on Wednesday. It's got the herbs and spices to get into that chicken. And then boom, they flash fry it on Thursday to give you the best fried chicken that you'll ever have. And then of course, happy hour every weekday, Monday through Friday from three to six. That's where we cash in sometimes on Fridays as well. Enjoy those great drinks. Enjoy the great appetizer specials from 3 to 6 every single weekday at Red Door Grill. And with three locations, there's one close to everybody. 159th and Antioch, 119th and uh, Row in Town Center Plaza in Leewood and Camelot Court. And of course, you can find the location in Brookside as well. It's Red Door Grill. Back in November, UMKC was looking for a new athletics director, and they focused their attention to Brandon Martin. Brandon Martin comes with a lot of experience out in California and also at the University of Oklahoma. In a short time at UMKC, he's already raised well over $1 million and has huge plans for the athletic department as a whole and not just the men's collegiate basketball team. Under the leadership of Brandon Martin, UMKC is poised to make some great strides and strides they've never made before. Here's my conversation with UMKC Athletics Director, Dr. Brandon Martin. I can honestly say sitting here today is the first time, and I've been in Kansas City basically since 2001, had a three-year stint in St. Louis, which is a very unfortunate time of my life. But I can honestly say this is the first time that I've been excited about UMKC Athletics. (laughs) And I'm a big Rich Zavosik fan, was excited when he was here as the head coach, but sitting across from, from you today, Dr. Martin, and and hearing about everything that you guys are trying to do and will accomplish at UMKC, as just a Kansas City resident that went to KU, I'm I'm stoked for you guys right now. You got the juices flowing in me. Do you feel that from everybody else in, in I the do. City? Yeah, I, I do. And and that was one of our primary goals is to get interest, to get people to pay attention to some of the things that uh we were we were trying to get done. Um, at UMKC, and regardless of um, anywhere in the city, anywhere in the region, people are talking about UMKC athletics, and some are more educated than others, but this is a great time to be a Roo, great time to be a Roo, and and we've had some early wins in the first five months of my tenure, but we plan to, you know, leave an indelible mark uh, on this city. And I'm I'm so happy to be here. I've I've really uh, grown to love the city and, and have a love affair with 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 just what it presents. Uh, the people have been fantastic. They've been so uh, embracing, so authentic. Um, and and you know 
I don't deal with traffic every day. Yeah. I mean, so coming from L.A., it's been uh, it's been great. It's been great. Not to my commute from the north is you know eighteen minutes away to campus, and that's refreshing. And the opportunity at UMKC working uh, for and with Chancellor Agarwal, working for uh, and with uh, Provost uh, Barb Bicklemeyer, and the other cabinet members, uh, my peers, has just been a tremendous opportunity. And um, we understand we have a ton of heavy lifting to do left uh, to elevate our athletics program. But uh, it's just been a delight to be here. When you first got that phone call from whoever it was, 816 area code, maybe it was a Mike Alden 573 or something, you're looking at it going, UMKC? I I don't know anything about that. What was your initial thought when UMKC came calling? Well, well, let's just say, you you mentioned Mike Alden. Uh, Let's just just talk about him for a minute. I mean, you talk about a first-class individual, a person who has, um, you know, been a pillar of our profession for a number of different years. What he uh, did at uh, Mizzou was nothing short of extraordinary. And so getting a call from Mike Alden, you know, you it's like, you know, E.F. Hutton, you know, people listen. You know, you, you, you have to take that call. You, you, you have to listen. And, uh, you know, we had a, uh, our conversation for the first time was 45 minutes, and he gave me an overview of the opportunity. And... Um, it was something that was intriguing uh, at the time, and it was something that I wanted to explore. And and I'm sure he probably, with his relationship with Joe Castiglione, mm-hmm. when you worked for Joe in Oklahoma, yeah. Joe's probably like, you got to get you got to get Brandon Martin in there at UMKC. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny how everything yeah. is just kind of connected. Yeah. No matter what walk of life you're in, it's all about who you know and those connections. You have. A- absolutely, absolutely. And, and just to talk about Joe, uh, just for a quick minute. Making the transition from USC uh, back uh, in 2010, um, I worked for Joe for three years, up to 13. And it was one of the best experiences um, professionally in my life. You know, I had to make a change from a big city, uh, Los Angeles, to Norman, Oklahoma. And uh, it was a great family place for me, my wife, and my kids. But Joe showed me a different way to do business. Um, he showed me how to work with, uh, how to manage stakeholding groups, uh, how to fundraise money, um, and just gave me just that that prudent, uh, timely advice on a daily basis. And so, you know, having him as a mentor, having him as a guide um, and a director um, is just tremendous. So you team Joe and Mike and and them coming together and figuring out who is the ideal person for this position. And I think they came up with uh, with me. And and you're a guy who's no stranger to raising money. I mean, your first 100 days is the AD at Cal State Northridge. You raised a million bucks. You've already at UMKC in five months, got a million and a half dollar renovation project going on to, sure. to the gymnasium and all that. How have you been able to hit the ground running and raise yeah. that kind of money almost overnight? Yeah, well, it's just a matter of just um, trying to prioritize what's important. Um, the impression of UMKC athletics for some time now, you know, has been uh, not the best. 
And when, especially when you compare it to KU, you, you compare it to Mizzou, you compare it to um, K-State. And so one of the things that I knew that was uh, extremely important was for me to get off the ground and be able to prove that I could raise money. But, but, but it's not so much about people writing checks. It's about the engagement. Um, you know, uh, the Sunderland Foundation gave us a, a, a very sizable gift, and we're extremely thankful for that. But it's more than that. It's about getting the Sunderland Foundation engaged in what we're doing, you know, coming to our games, buying Rue apparel, you know, coming to our courtside club, um, actually meeting our student athletes. Uh, meeting our staff. It's about that engagement. And that that's that's critical. And it's not just, you know, the Sunderlands. It, it, it's it's we want to get the larger Kansas City region engaged in what we're doing. And so that kind of, you know, leads into our Rue Athletic Fund. <clears throat> we started our Rue Athletic Fund almost two months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't right. believe that didn't exist before. Like I thought I was reading something the other it, day. Like, well, this hasn't yeah. existed before. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a, there was sort of a version of it. It was the, um, the, the scholarship fund, you know, but it wasn't as robust as the one that we've created. And um, since we've created it six, seven weeks ago, we, we've actually acquired about 90, 90 additional donors. And so there's a. There's sort of a, a a range of how people can get engaged financially from fifty bucks all the way up to five thousand plus, and you know people sort of make the donation of 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 where they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so um, once we begin to improve our product and start to get people um, excited about our brand, hopefully we take that you know five hundred donor up to a thousand and a thousand donor up to 5,000 and there's so many things that, that we want to get done. And, um, you know, we just got to get people engaged. You mentioned the engagement and I actually have that written down as something I want to talk to you about, because I think that's one of the things that has lacked at UMKC for over the years is engaging the community and getting just Kansas city involved in UMKC. How do you connect with KC and engage the city? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, the, the things that, that I did successfully at Cal state Northridge was, you know, I met with 100 donors in 100 days and, um, you know, almost checked myself in the hospital doing that, you know, in terms of because that's pretty ambitious. Mm-hmm. But it resulted in a million dollars in, in fundraising. And and here it, it's it been um, sort of, you know, multi uh, pronged one. Um, you know, I've really made a point to meet with our existing donors you know, to to make sure that they're retained. That's one. Number two, we have to cast our net out to try and recruit more donors because we have to recruit our base. You know, that's 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 extremely important. Um, the other one is 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 you know, I there's a um, a, a woman in my department, uh, Jessica Dixon, who. Um, you know, I sort of changed her role into uh, associate AD for community affairs and relations. And she's really been out in the community, really teeing me up 
for meetings and not just for money, but just to see if there's any synergies that we can have with, you know, for example, the, the you know, Kansas City Royals, you know, or um, the, the Youth Academy, you know, or um, maybe it's Jay Dunn. Maybe it's, you know, whoever it is, you know, we just want to have a seat at the table so that I have an opportunity to talk about the vision, our strategic op- objectives, and where we want to take the overall department. So what is your vision for UMKC? Because yeah. I think ultimately you're judged on men's basketball. <clears throat> I mean, that, that's what people are going to judge mm-hmm. you on. Men's basketball is going to be the kind of the bell cow sure. of all this, what people sure. care about the most. So what is your vision for UMKC? Yeah, well, I mean, let's, let's just start with men's basketball. I mean, you know, we're off to a good start with Billy Donlin. Mm-hmm. A lot of people um, thought it was Billy Donovan, yeah. and people were very excited yeah. you got a professional yeah. coach. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 was, it, it was, in my opinion, it, it was a very sophisticated hire. And so um, Billy is the right person for us at the right time. He's brought a level of, of uh, pedigree, um, enthusiasm, passion, and results in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so we're extremely excited about him. Um, we've made the move from um, Muni back to campus, which has been fantastic because we want to get our students, we want to get the faculty, we want to get folks on campus engaged uh, primarily. But I've always thought that, you know, if we really extend this out to a 10-mile radius outside of campus and just really focus on that, you know, we don't have to get everybody in the region because we understand we have competition with KU, but if we can get um, all of the alums, you know, we have 68, you know, percent of the alums who live in the region. If we can get them engaged and involved in, in, in what we're trying to do and get them to some games, mm-hmm. but not only get them to games, when they come to the games, we want them to buy apparel. And when they buy apparel, we want them to buy some popcorn and we and and, and maybe uh you know, some, 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 some chicken or a hot dog or whatever it is. We want to have one of the best uh, fan experiences in the region. And, and we understand that's difficult. You know, we're not at the, the, the point of where sporting is and, and, and they've come a long way, sure. you know, but, but that's really one of the models that we want to, fo- to follow. And I've met with some of their leadership team and, and um, you know, I definitely want to, you know, have them on board as we build out sort of our fan engagement, you know, effort, our fan engagement committee and, and bringing them involved, especially in the sport of soccer, I think it's just a prudent thing to do. You mentioned Billy Donovan is the right guy at the right time for you guys. What, what made him the guy for your program? His basketball acumen, his passion, his knowledge about Kansas City, um, his respect for 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 our fans, um, the fact that he's been a head coach before at Wright State and uh, proven over the six years that he was there, um, the fact that he has an understanding on how to get it done at a place with uh, not as many resources as KU, um, you know, but he's highly competitive. He's put together put together a great team of, uh, of coaches and he's a guy who, who's a worker and it matches, it really matches Kansas city. 
And one one of my goals was to build a team that matches Kansas City. You know, hardworking, blue collar. Um, you know, courageous. And when our fans come to a game in in Swinney, we want them to to see a up tempo team, but a tough team, a tough team, but a tough team that's really playing for the pride of the city. Uh, not just the, the basketball program. You had the opportunity to obviously be part of the team that hired Lon Kruger. You work with Tim Floyd at USC. You've been around some really good basketball coaches. Yeah. I want to know what the recruitment process was like for, for Lon Kruger at, at OU. How did you decide to, you know, go after him and get him to take the job there? Yeah, well, you know, it was it was um it was a collaborative effort and uh that was back of course Joe was was heavily involved in that. And uh, President Bourne was was heavily involved in that. But, you know, one of the things that, that Joe, as a basketball sport oversight administrator, he leaned on me to provide him with a list of, of prospective coaches who were the right fit. And who's better than, than Lon Kruger for OU? Mm-hmm. And he's, he has a, a CEO mentality. And um, that's how he runs his not only his program, but his organization. You know, I call his his uh, program an organization because he's he's the he's the the, the consummate uh, CEO, and and he's so positive, um, he's so family oriented, and um, I learned a ton, you know, from 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 Lon, and so um, he's the best. Can you get him here to UMKC? I don't know if I'm that good to get him here at UMKC. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. I think he he has a pretty good thing going with Joe at at OU. But um, I feel really good about Billy and and what uh, what the future holds for our, our men's basketball program. It, it's tough, man, especially in, in the league that you're in. And, and I've been advocating this for a long, long time. Nobody listens to me, but yeah, like get it, get into the valley, man. Get into yeah. a league that's here that makes sense for UMKC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, you know, me being, uh, you know, five, maybe six months on the job, <clears throat> you know, I've had to do a critical assessment and evaluation of, of what's the best league for us. You know, we've been in the whack and, and, and uh, Jeff Hurd, the commissioner has been, you know, he's a great guy and, and he's done some great things for the league. But for us right now, you know, we, we do need to, to really take a close look at, you know, where we want to go and, and, and what's the proper roadmap for that. Right. Mm -hmm. So the Missouri Valley, yeah, it's a desirable league. Um, are we prepared for that today? Probably not, probably not, but can we get there? We can certainly, but there's some, some things that we need to do not only as a department, but as a university, as a cabinet, um, uh, with the chancellor and the provost uh, to figure out what's the best way that we can get, um, you know, to a conference like the Missouri Valley. And it takes time, you know, it takes time um, because it, a lot of it comes down to, to, to budgets. A lot of it comes down to revenue. A lot of it comes down to, um, television exposure, especially as you talk about, you know, men's and women's basketball. Mm-hmm. A lot of it comes down to travel. 
you know, um, and that's one of the things that, that we're challenged with in the WAC. You know, we, we travel from Kansas City all the way to Seattle, you know, um, Seattle all the way down to, to Bakersfield, you know, all the way from Bakersfield to Texas. And so, you know, um, there's some things that we need to figure out fairly quickly um, to get us to the next level. Yeah, it, it seems like it just would be a, a better fit. And and I know for years people would always just say, well, they need to get a baseball program or something to get into mm-hmm. the Valley. But with the way the college athletics has changed over the last about decade now, it seems like now is the right time like for the Valley to grab Kansas City and add it to that footprint that they mm-hmm. already have out there, that strong mm-hmm. footprint. And from a basketball standpoint, like a men's basketball standpoint, if you were to make that jump to the Valley, what would you still have to do for that men's basketball program to say you're Valley ready? Well, I mean, I think the first thing is is facilities. Uh, you know, we would have to to make a decision if if we're going to play at one of the existing places in downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we played at Muni, but but we would have to develop a a plan for that. Um, the other one is, you know, budget wise. You know, we would need to 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 really elevate our game there and do some more fundraising. Um, you know, I think hiring Billy was, was really a statement, you know, to a conference like that to say, wow, these guys are headed in the right direction, you know, but I think it's really going to come down to facilities. It's going to come down to budget. Um, you know, you mentioned baseball earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, baseball is really big in the Valley. Um, and, and not to say that we can start a baseball team tomorrow, you know, but, you know, we're definitely committed to being in the, in, in the right conference that's going to give Kansas City, UMKC Athletics, the, the best um, position to be exposed. And uh, that's what we're working towards. You mentioned the television stuff, and, and everybody's about the TV dollars and the TV <clears throat> eyes and all of that. You started a network at Cal State Northridge for for your program out there. <laughs> yeah. is, is, is that something yeah. that you're going to consider doing here? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, 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 and they're so, yeah, we had the, the CSUN Sports Network, and, and, and that was um, very cutting edge, especially for the Big West Conference, for Northridge, um, but, you know, being a mid-major school, there's a level of funding that you have to go out and and secure. But also you have to get the right people to be able to execute the things that you want mm-hmm. in that network. I would love to have um, a robust, you know, Rue athletic network. And, um, you know, that's that's to be determined. You know, there's there's some other things that we have on our list that uh, are priority right now. You know, I've been handed a pretty hefty lift, uh, list of, of things that I have to do. Uh, but at some point, we'll, we'll attack that. What What is, like, number one on that list? When you came in and, and your first day on the job and the boss goes, all right, this is what you need to get done. What What, what is their goal and their vision for you as athletic? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's uh, sort of um, multifaceted. You know, I think it's it's <laughs> – there's a, a a ton of things that that we need to do to build a foundation and you know the first thing is is we had to get a mission statement <laughs> you know just fundamental things a mission statement um and i think you've seen the root promise you know with our core values we had to 
to to let Kansas City know what we stand for, you know, and what we don't stand for, and to identify with the core values and to make sure that our staff were making uh, decisions, you know, under the guise of those core values. That 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 was that was number one. Number two, it was it was we had to take a close look at how we were spending our money, and um, <laughs> you know, a lot of that had to do with with the conference that we're in right now mm-hmm. and with team travel and things like that. And, and because we're in this business to make the best decisions for our student athletes. And so, you know, if our student athletes uh, are spending more time uh, on an airplane than they are, you know, in class, that's problematic. So we had to really do, you know, a, an, an assessment there. Um, and then three, you know, um, as you see, I made a change in, in men's basketball. That's our flagship sport, men's and women's basketball. And, and you know, I felt that it was it was best that we uh, bring in uh, a person with more experience, um, a person with new energy, new ideas to make a commitment to, you know, build that, that fence around the city that I've been talking about since I've been hired. I felt like that was that was important. Uh, four is you know we need to elevate our facilities, and uh, you know we we made that commitment uh, thanks to the Sunderland Foundation. You know we're gonna we're gonna start the phase one of that. Hopefully, the phase two will start you know the latter part of this fall, early spring. Um, but there's a lot of things that we need to do um, from a facility standpoint. And so, you know, those are the four things um, in addition to making sure that we had the proper team in place, especially on the external relations side. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we've, we've secured that. And, and I feel really good about the job that Kurt JC has done. Um, he, he and I worked together at Cal state Northridge and, and he's built a fantastic young uh, team and um, you know, we're only going to get better. The background that you have, I think, is pretty impressive, and people are probably thinking, "All right, where where'd this guy come from? Mm-hmm. He's an outsider. He's coming in. What does he know yeah. about this?" But you, yeah. you, you've accomplished a lot. You played at USC in the early to mid '90s, and you were the best player on that team. That's me saying that, not you saying that. <laughs> you know, you you played overseas. You you've gotten all kinds of awards. I mean, so, so many different things on your resume that says, "Yes, this is the guy that is qualified mm-hmm. to be this job." Mm-hmm. Let's start with playing at USC in the yeah. early to mid '90s. What's your yeah. most memorable college? moment <laughs> most memorable college moment i you know i i we had so many so many memorable moments during that period but i just want to focus on george raveling george raveling uh impacted my life uh tremendously um george raveling was the first um i would say intellectual that that I have been around. I mean, he out recruited, you know, everyone who was in the hunt for me to to sign. Um, he spent uh, some quality time with me talking about more than just men's basketball. But George was a big reader. George um, actually issued out uh, books, articles. Uh, lectures, 
recorded lectures and George was, um, he, he was an intellectual, he was a Renaissance man. And so that's, that was one of my first guys. He was one of the first models that I had and said, Hey, you know, I want to be that guy. Mm -hmm. I want to be that guy. I want to play basketball, but I want to be that guy. And so, um, you know, I'm a big reader. You know, I, I try and read 24 books a year. Um, and, and a lot of that came from George at, at 17, 18 years old as a kid growing up in inner city LA and, and seeing the, the impact of reading that, uh, George had really, you know, really, uh, prioritized with the team, what it did for us. Uh, that's where that comes from. What was your childhood like? Childhood, you know, I grew up in uh, South Central Los Angeles. Um, I was uh, primarily raised by my father, who worked for the L.A. Times and the transportation unit, um, first generation. Um, my dad uh, drove a truck, and he, he drove down a 110 freeway every night and looked to the left, and he saw USC and um, had a dream for his son to, to, uh, to attend the university. He didn't know how he didn't know how, but he, he did know that that I had a you know athletic gift and uh, my gift to him was was signing with USC. So and how much did that factor into where you decided to go to college? I mean, if you were recruited by other places, how much of that was dad saying this is my dream and I want to live? You know, well, 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 you know, it, it, my dad is 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 my you know, he's he's my best friend. And, uh, you know, we've. We've sort of been through a lot of peaks and valleys, and and I knew that that was his dream, but it wasn't just that. It was it was USC. I mean, USC at the time um, still was one of the best universities in the world. Um, playing for a coach like George Raveling was was critically important. Um, I wanted to attend a university that would make me a better man, a better person, a better spouse, and a richer man when I was 40, 45, and 50. And that's what USC did for me. And so it was a lot bigger than just saying, hey, I'm going to get the most playing time at uh, Cat Arizona. It was, it was about legacy, and it was about, you know, at the age that I am now being able to provide for, for my kids and, and what university could position me, um, in that way. You said you were raised primarily by your dad. What mm -hmm. happened with your mom? My mom actually was here, um, this weekend. She, her flight, <laughs> their flight is at one forty five. <laughs> my parents, my my parents, uh, were divorced when I was eight years old and they, uh, they got back together after uh, 28 years of being divorced. Wow. I know it's a rare, it's a rare story, but um, they, they have the best uh, relationship now and it's been really good for my own kids. And uh, I'm thankful for them. They, mm -hmm. they, they came out along with my aunt Jimmy and, and really experienced the city and, and got a sense of it. And um, yeah, it's been really good. People hear South Central LA and they think, "Oh no, that's rough and tough and and whatnot." What what was the childhood <clears throat> like growing up in South Central? LA? Yeah, well, I can speak to what it was when I was growing up there. You know, it was a gang infested environment. It was a drug infested uh, place. 
um, it was a place with um, a ton of deplorable schools. Uh, but you know what? I, instead of really focusing on that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to make a choice um, at an early age that you want something better. And I was always a good student. And clearly I was uh, blessed with a gift to, to play basketball. And so at an early age, you know, I made a, I made a decision that, that I wanted to do something that was different, that, that, that I wanted to excel uh, beyond my environment. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but, but I knew that I was one of the, the, you know, I knew that God had, had chosen me to be one of the leaders to step out so that I can go back in and really pull up the masses and, and really give young kids hope that they can be me. And that's, that's really one of the things that I want to do here in Kansas city. So, so my, my role is, to raise money, to win basketball games, and all the things we've we've discussed, but but I also firmly believe that my my role is to provide hope for, you know, there was a kid just like me at you know twelve, thirteen years old that just needs to be see me and say I want to be him. Mm-hmm. Might not clearly understand what it is I do, but they can look at me and say, hey, you know, maybe if I have a conversation with him. You know, I can be him one day. And being me, maybe it's not an athletics director. Maybe it's a professor. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's something professional. You know, whatever the case may be. But um, that's really important to me. You also then went over and played in China and Venezuela, you know, professional basketball. How was that? And was that was that fun or was that like, just yeah. like wow? Oh it, it, it was, it, it, it was um, a, a rebirth. Um, my first stop was Beijing, China. And, uh, you know, that was interesting. Um, at the time, IMG was the, the league sponsor as well as Nike. Um, I had, uh, four national team members on my team. Uh, one, um, was Ma Jian, who had played over for Rick Majerus at the University of, of Utah. He was sort of like the, the Michael Jordan of, of China. Great experience. Um, some rowdy crowds over there. Uh, met a ton of American um, students, you know, from Beijing University. It was tremendous. It was tremendous. I, 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 I grew a lot. I grew a lot there. Played in uh, Venezuela. Um, great opportunity. Um, you know, it, it was different personnel. Um, higher stakes, higher demands. I mean, mm-hmm. we we played Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, practiced twice a day. Didn't have many breaks, um, but you know, we we were paid well. You know, that was a different experience in Spain. You know, I didn't spend as much time in Spain as the the, the two previous countries. But you know, what what place is better than Spain? You know, um, they have the best wine. Uh, they have. <laughs> You know the the league is great. Um, the lifestyle is is very slow paced. Um, you know it's it's European, so you know they really um, live life. You know, unlike we do, right? right? You know, in here in America, all we do is work. You know, and pay bills and that kind of thing. They really have an appreciation for life. And so, if you combine all three of those experiences, it really gave me 
a different view and a different perspective as I entered graduate school, as I entered the professional workforce, you know, after my uh, professional career was over. Do you regret not playing longer? No. You were done. I had a goal. I had a, a ton of buddies who had played until they were 30, and they 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 made, you know, a, a considerable amount of money. But I, I, I didn't want to be 30 years old starting a, a career with no skills, right? And um, I wanted to make some tax-free money, mm-hmm. and I wanted to, to invest it. Um, and I wanted to go back to grad school because I knew my calling was more than just playing professional basketball, which was fantastic. You know, don't get me wrong, but I knew that my, my calling was more and, and that more is being here in Kansas city right now. I think one of the coolest things about you, and I told you earlier, it was a goosebump type of moment is when you find out you were voted as one of the top 100 most influential African-Americans in all of Los Angeles. Yeah. I, I mean, that that to me is unbelievable. Not athletics yeah. sure. or anything like that. In yeah. all of Los Angeles, yeah. you were ranked as one of the top 100 influential, influential African-Americans. What does that mean to you? It, when, when I received the call... Um, I was in disbelief, and um, it, it 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 really confirms um, what God has me here to do, and 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 using athletics and sports as a platform um, to really have a reach out into the community. You know, and we're speaking of Los Angeles with this award, you know, as a mentor, as a guide, as a teacher, um, as a uh, influencer, um, just to engender change in the city um, and, 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 and to be a leader. And so that award there was, was is very close to my heart because it wasn't, you know, hey, you know, you average 31 points a game in high school or, hey, you got this basketball award. You're, you know, uh, one of the thousand point scores at USC. That one there really was was separate and is something that I'm really proud of and uh, something that I hope to continue here in, in Kansas City. I asked you the, the coolest story from when you were playing college basketball, but just from your career, what's the best story that you have that you love to tell? And maybe you made a difference in somebody's life or maybe you saved a kid from going the wrong direction or something like that. Do you have one of those stories that you look back on and you're like, I am so proud of this moment. When, when, when I played or just period, just period. Oh, well, uh, one that stands out is uh, I'm at USC. I'm a assistant athletics director it had to be 2002 2003 uh lindale white uh was in the backfield with reggie bush lindale was from denver colorado it was a uh, uh definitely a, a cultural change from uh, for him and he came into my office and said hey um i wasn't dr martin at the time he said hey you know miss martin i want to leave i want to go home and um, I spent 45 minutes with him and, and really talked about the benefits of being here and how it could change his life and talked to him about perseverance. I talked to him about discipline. 
Um, I talked to him about not making excuses. I, I, I really had him reflect on it, the people, you know, in Denver who had made those excuses and how uh, things didn't work out for them. And so I gave him a, a lecture for about 90 minutes and um, he decided to stay. And that paid dividends for his career. Clearly, you know, he had a career in the NFL and, um, you know, he's, he's a good man, you know, as of this day. So that, that's, that, that's one that I can clearly point out. When you look back on your tenure at UMKC, what do you want people to say about the Dr. Brandon Martin tenure at UMKC? One that he, he, he cared about the city. He cared about, <clears throat> um, the the student athletes. He respected the values of the city. Um, he came here and left an indelible mark on the athletics department, but also the university. Um, and he elevated us to a point to where we are not only respected locally, but respected on the national level. As you can see, the goals of the UMKC Athletics Department are very, very high. And with a leader like Brandon Martin at the helm, there's no reason the UMKC Kangaroos can't reach those great heights. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t